You're listening to In the Studio with Michael Card. The session is made possible by our friends with the Christian Standard Bible. Learn about this new translation and the many ways you can enjoy the CSB. Explore online when you visit csbible.com. So glad to have you with us now here in the studio with Michael Card. I'm Wayne Shepherd. We've been doing this together for a long, long time, Michael. Uh, we started doing this as a radio show. Actually, there was a radio show that preceded the radio show, wasn't there? There was a show we called right. Joy in the Journey, and then That's we did right. a radio show called In the Studio, and then there yep. was a you know about a nine-year wilderness experience for us, <laughs> 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 and then we brought this back as a podcast. Did you know this is podcast number two hundred that we've done? Uh I think Joe uh, Joe Carlson, our producer, who really puts the show all together, told me about that when we started this morning. Okay. All and right. 200, 200 yep. that's a lot, Wayne. It's a lot of talking and singing, isn't it? <laughs> that it really is. It really is. Well, we're grateful for our friends who yep. make that possible. So thank you for listening and downloading and reviewing this podcast and sharing it with others. We're so grateful. We have some good things in store for you today. I've been enjoying, you know, we record the podcast and then I go back and listen Really, listen. you do? <laughs> yeah. Really, I, I do. And I've been enjoying your teaching from Sandy Cove on the life of Jesus. And I know this is from your notes leading up to a book. And I, I told you before we started, I can't wait yeah. to get the book in my hands. And when you write that and read about what we're what what you're I, teaching, I can't us either. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I bet you can't. <laughs> I I can't wait to get the book in my hands either. You want to be on the other side of writing it, huh? Well, I'm sitting here right now looking at three 1,500-page notebooks of <laughs> notes and articles and stuff. Wow. And uh, yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to hear more yeah. of that teaching that you delivered at Sandy Cove coming up on the program here today. And then later, our good friend Ayanda Kumalo, a wonderful guy who just understands yes. uh, how to approach God in worship. And we'll be talking to him about some changes in his life. That's ahead. I want to thank the uh, CSB Bible folks for... Uh, sponsoring our podcast. We have the Holy Land Illustrated Bible in front of us today. We have one copy in our office here that I share with producer Joe, and he already admitted that he's uh-huh. taking it with him on vacation next week as his one Bible. So he, th- ah, he thinks that much about it. So I thought we were going to give that. To I thought we were going to give that away as like a prize for some listener. You mean Joe's just going to take it? <laughs> I think he's just going to take it, and he's going to come home from vacation. So chocked full of information from this uh-huh. Holy Land Study Bible, what you know, this uh, illustrated Bible, it'll be hard to live. It'll be harder, harder to live with him, won't it? <laughs> yes, yeah, harder. Yeah, I like it. I like. It. I'm, I'm glad you uh, you made that little change there. But okay. uh, I can say this: it it is it is wonderful to have the background provided uh, right there and uh, between the pages of the text of Scripture, uh, because understanding uh, the Holy Land and and uh, that there are specific places that are involved in all these stories, and we, we can still go to those places. Yes, we know where they. We know where Capernaum is. We know where Peter's house is. Uh, it, it's uh, it makes it all come alive. Yeah. Hey, we're going to hear some music in a moment, but I'm going to precede it with this email that comes from Australia. Jeff wrote to us and said, "Good day from Australia." <laughs> I've been listening to your music for at least 25 years now, and it's kind of a long email, but I'll just share that. Uh, The song, Come Lift Up Your Sorrows, has meant a lot to him. We're going to hear Mm. that song from you in a moment. Uh, He says, uh, songs have both really helped me to cope with what's been happening and to endure and be patient. I still have tears whenever I listen to the silence of God, but that's okay. 
I know that Jesus is there in my sorrow as well as in my joyful times. Mm. He is there when I have faith and zeal as well as when I have doubts and fears. So mm. Jeff puts that so very well. Yes. And he's asking for your song, Come Lift Up Your Sorrows, which happens to be one of my favorites as well. So yeah. let's get started and ask Michael to sing this from the studio, Come Lift Up Your Sorrows. to him and you'll find the courage 
Look at the John 4, the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman. The Pharisees heard, oh, this is the most complex sentence. See if you get this. The Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John, although in fact it was not Jesus who baptized but his disciples. That's uniquely jo Johannine. Only John whispers explanations to you that way. Jesus already had in mind what he was going to do. So... Only John does that. And these few distinctions you can learn, and you'll hear a, a, you'll hear a verse and you'll go, well, that sounds like John. Because they're so distinctive, their voices are. So, um, so the Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John, although in fact it was not Jesus who baptized but his disciples. When the Lord learned of this, he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee, to the refuge that is Galilee. So when Jesus heard that the Pharisees heard that he was getting more disciples, he leaves. Interesting. Now he had to go through Samaria. You've heard this beaten to death in sermons that Jews don't go through Samaria. Well, Judean Jews don't go through Samaria. Galilean Jews go through there all the time. They have no problem. In fact, there's a record of Galilean Jews letting Samaritans take care of their cattle. So that whole prejudice against Samaritans, that's a Judean thing. That's not a Galilean thing, okay? So I'm sorry to, you know, if, you, if, you, if you've heard that and you love that, uh, I'm sorry. But uh, Josephus actually talks about it in the Jewish, uh, in Antiquities, book 20, line 118, and also in, in his book on the life. Now he had, he had to go through Samaria. He came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, which is close to Mount Gerizim. Near the plot of ground, Jacob had given to his son. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired, there is his humanity, as he was from his journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour, that's noon, so you count from the morning, six o'clock, the sunrise around six o'clock, so six more hours, it ends up being about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. So you're wondering, where are the disciples? Well, John is going to explain that to you because that's what he does because he'd been telling these stories for 50 years and people keep asking him, well, where were his disciples? So he's going to tell you that, okay? Um, the Samaritan woman said to him, you're a Jew 
and I'm a Samaritan woman, how can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you only knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would give you living water. Now, interesting sidebar, the Samaritans only read the Torah, the first five books. And all of the references to living water are in the Hebrew Bible or outside of that. So this is not a term, you know, she as a Samaritan would have, would have uh, heard. So basically, he wants to use her bucket. That's the, that's the issue. Um, Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? So you want to use my bucket? I don't think so. Uh, where do you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as did also his sons and flocks and his herds? Now this is a woman who we will find out in a minute is wounded. And she does what wounded people do. She stiff arms people. She throws sand in people's face to keep them back. Why do you think she's by herself? You know, at the hottest part of the day when uh, women usually do this together, you know, in the, in the morning. Uh, and so she's doing the same thing to Jesus she does to everybody else. So she just brought up the whole uh, Samaritan Jewish uh, schism. And Jesus is going to do an amazing thing. He's going to give up his priority. Now, he's gonna, he will say, honestly, salvation is from the Jews because that's just the truth. That's not him being, you know... Super, acting superior because he's Jewish and she's Samaritan. That's just the truth. But he's going to give up the priority of Jerusalem, which is huge. Okay, it's huge. Uh, so being very flexible at this point. So Jesus says, everyone, verse 13, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. This is a better than motif in John. Jesus, wa uh, the water is better because it's living water. The bread that Jesus offers, the manna that Jesus offers, it's better. Why? Because it's living. You eat it, you'll never be, you'll never be hungry again. Okay? That's a better than motif. Um, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring, not a deep well, but a spring of water welling up to everlasting life. And isn't it interesting that Jesus never says, I'm the living water. That's an image he, for the Holy Spirit that he uses for the Holy Spirit. Now, he's the source of the living water, and he promises it, but he will never say, I'm the living water. Uh, the woman uh, said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. I call this the motif of misunderstanding. Jesus says something deeply spiritual, and the next verse indicates that the person he's talking to has no clue. Not kind of doesn't understand it. They have no clue of what he's talking about. Okay? So that, that just happened. And that is unique to the Gospel of John. Uh, the motif of misunderstanding. Jesus is the wisdom of God. You know, the, in the prologue, the, the, the light can't comprehend the darkness, that sort of thing. It's a theme in John. And he is constantly misunderstood. And I have a list of all the times he's misunderstood, but I won't read them to you. You're welcome. Um, so he told her, go uh, call your husband and come back. So I totally out of left field. Here comes this request. I have no husband, she replied. And tone is everything here. I was raised to think this was Jesus saying, hi, I got you. 
Ha! I think tone is everything. I think this verse uh, is um, maybe a little sad, maybe a little looking down at the ground, uh, commiserating with this woman. I don't think he's marvel, you know, kind of he's won, won over because he caught her in a lie. I think he's being uh, very tender here. And he's, my, my read is, Jesus said to her, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you've had five, and the man you now have is, your hus- is not your husband. What you've just said is quite true. I think he's sad. I think he's, his heart is that he's commiserating with her. The rabbi said, by the, by the way, the limit was three, so she's two over the limit. Three, three uh, husbands is the limit. She's had five. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet. Our fathers, now here's more sand in his face, worshipped on this mountain, Mount Gerizim. You know, the the Samaritans built their temple on Mount Gerizim. Um, The Jews, they they offered to help. when When they came back, the Jews came back under Ezra and Nehemiah, and they rebuilt the wall in the temple. The Samaritans, who had been left behind in the land and saw themselves as Jews, they still see themselves as Jews, they offered to help rebuild the temple and the wall. And what happened? The Jews wouldn't take their uh, help because they saw them as sort of mixed breeds. They had intermarried with the people that had been left behind. And um, so they build their own temple on Mount Gerizim. And there was always this sort of tit-for-tat thing between the Samaritans and the Jews. Uh, one year, right before Passover, this, Josephus talks about this, the, the, the Samaritans dug up a bunch of graves. Have you heard this story? They take human bones and right before Passover, they threw human bones into the court of the Jewish temple. How do you think that went over, right? They made that temple unclean, okay? So the next year, the Jews burned down the Samaritan temple in Gerizim. They totally destroyed it. See, you don't get in that sort of game. <laughs> uh, you, don't, you don't want to play that game. So uh, she's, she's, she's bringing up that our father's Mount Gerizim is the place to worship that was all about 450 B.C., by the way. Uh, Nehemiah 13, 28, if you're writing notes, is where you read about that. The Jews burned the, uh, uh, the Samaritan temple in 128 B.C. I'll get back to my notes. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Now listen to what Jesus says. Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither in, in this mountain nor in Jerusalem. He's giving up that priority of Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. Five other gods, pagan gods, were worshipped in Samaria besides Yahweh. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit. Spirit is not bound to one place like Gerizim or Jerusalem. In truth... Truth is not bound to one person, right? One people group. Uh, For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. The Father is seeking. We don't seek him when we worship him. We're responding to the fact that he seeks us. He, it always begins with him. You know, don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming and when he comes, he will explain everything. The Samaritans had their own name for the Messiah. He was called Tahav, which means the revealer. So 
when Messiah comes, he's going to explain. He's going to tell us what things. So that's a uniquely um, Samaritan view of who the Messiah would be. And Jesus declared, I who speak to you, I am. Now, whether he's uh, saying the divine name of God or whether he, he is or not, we don't know. Sometimes he's, he will say God's name and people will pick up stones to stone him. So you know for sure he just said, um, you're not supposed to, yeah, actually you're not even supposed to write it. <laughs> um, I saw someone had a tattoo on his arm. yod Hey vav Hey. Okay, the German, we don't know how to say this anymore. The German approximation was uh, Yahweh, no, Jehovah. Uh, the more modern trans, uh, approximation is Yahweh, but it's been lost. So you got a Yod there, that's a, that's a Y or a J. You got a Hey, that's an H. Boy, this is backwards. H. Uh, Vav, that's either a V or a W. Um, so that's a W and that's a V and another H. And then you put the vowels in. Jeho. You got it wrong. <laughs> oh, dyslexia. And G Ho Va. Yeah, there you go. That's where we get those two words. J H V H or Y H W H. We're just trying to figure out how to say those words because we can't. In Judaism, uh, when a scribe writes this, he breaks the pen. Tremendous reverence in, in Judaism today. In modern Judaism, when we see this, we say Hashem, the name. Hashem. Used to be you would read it and say Adonai. Apparently, they don't even do that anymore. Adonai just means Lord. So there's your, there's your boring uh, history of how we got Jehovah and Yahweh backwards. So did Jesus say that? I don't know. I don't know. There's, there are times that he does it that I'm sure that I know he did it because people are going to kill him for doing it. And that's what you do when someone says that unspeakable name. But uh, I don't know. comes to us from Exodus 3.14. Moses says, what's your name? Right. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. They're not surprised to find him talking to a Samaritan because Galileans talk to Samaritans all the time. But in the culture in general, men don't speak to women in public. They don't even speak to their own wives in public. There's a story in the Talmud. Sorry, ladies. I don't, I mean, I see a couple of frowns out there. I'm, I don't believe this. I talk to my wife all the time. Or I listen to my wife all the time in public. It happens constantly. But there's a story in the Talmud of a rabbi divorcing his wife because she had the gall to speak to him in public. That's, that's Jesus' world. But what is Jesus' heart like? He's speaking to a woman. He's speaking to this poor, broken you know, woman who's, I mean, she's probably, you know, the, peop the people who kind of live this way tend to go back to the same sort of people that abused him in the first place. She's that kind of a person. She's gone back five times to people, and now she's living with a guy who doesn't even love her enough to marry her, right? And Jesus sees this woman, and okay, culturally he's not supposed to be doing it. He's going to open his heart to her, and it's going to change her life, okay? So they're surprised to find him talking to a woman, but no one asks, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Because they've learned by this time, we don't ask him stuff like that. 
right? He just does what he wants to do. We don't ask him. Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the, the Christ? And once again, if you see the chosen, the, this woman who runs off, it is just awesome. They really captured that one. Michael teaching recently at the Sandy Cove Conference on the life of Jesus. See why I'm looking forward to the book now that we've heard that. Michael, I know you've got that daunting task in front of you, writing that book, and uh, we're going to pray for you. Yes. Thank you. I, I really appreciate anybody. If the, if the Lord lays it on your heart to pray, I, I would really appreciate it because it's a it's going to be a lot of work. I've started on the introduction, so I'm I'm started. Okay. Yeah. All right. Started. Yeah. You got to start someplace. Introduction yes, is a great place to start. I, okay. I guess. I guess. <laughs> I, I've thought about writing it backwards and starting in the last chapter, but I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> Well, we've got people around the world who are going to pray for you, and we know that because we hear from people around the world. Yes. Uh, You've got an email in front of you that really encouraged us a lot. Yeah, this is from Pross, and he says, uh, Dear Michael, it's been 32 years I've been listening to your music, and one of the best things I love about your lyrics is you have Bible scripture at the end of your sentences. My favorite album is Present Reality. I have the songs in my phone, and I do listen when I travel in flight in my ministry. Hmm. Uh, From the time of lockdown due to COVID, I'm home most of the time, and I do listen to your podcast. There you go, Wayne. And And I enjoy every Tuesday morning after my personal devotion. My wife is having chronic acidity for five years, and she struggles to eat normal food like any other person. She's lost 15 Kilograms? I think that's it. KGS. Uh, She gets discouraged at times and even feels depressed. So is it possible to share in your devotion how to approach this situation? We visited most of the hospitals, but in vain. Hope you will share God-given thoughts on this topic of sickness. Hmm. Wow. I'm so sorry that, uh, that your wife is having that struggle. But Bill Lane would say it's a death-impregnated world, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's a death-impregnated world, and, and what we do is we take that sickness and that suffering and those struggles, and it's especially hard to watch you know, someone you love uh, suffer. I mean, I'm sure Praz would much rather it be him that, that's suffering with this, but from what I understand, we take those things and that confusion and that suffering, and we offer those up to the Lord as, as worship, as an act of worship. That's... That's the best I can do with understanding that. So uh, thank you, Pross. And, and anyone who's listening, uh, please uh, pray for Pross and for his wife. And uh, we're going to move on into the second part of the show, and we're going to listen to uh, one of my favorite people, Ayanda Kamalo, who's going to talk to us about worship and, and what's going on in his life. Thanks, Michael. Your perspective gives us something to think about as we pause for the halfway point in this session now. If what you're hearing has stirred you to want to explore the scriptures further, look online for more from Michael that can help. You'll find music, the latest book release, The Nazarene, and news about upcoming conferences at michaelcard.com. If you're new to this podcast, be sure to look through the podcast archive for an extensive collection of classic and current editions to hear and enjoy. And we're always glad to hear from listeners. Post a comment on the Michael Card Music Facebook page or send your comments, questions, and song requests via email to in the studio at michaelcard.com. 
Coming up, more music and conversation waiting for you after this message in the studio with Michael Card. I'm so glad the Holy Land Illustrated Bible is this month's featured resource. I spent a lot of time traveling throughout Israel, and I learn new things about the life situation of the scriptures every time I go. This Bible edition reminds me of where I've been in Israel, and I hope it'll make the scriptures come alive for you too. Search for Holy Land Illustrated Bible at csbible.com and read more about this unique study tool. And when you order, apply your 30% discount on the CSB purchase through Lifeway. Type in the studio as one word in the promotion code for your 30% discount with Lifeway. The Holy Land Illustrated Bible is packed with hundreds of pictures, articles, maps, and illustrations that will bring the ancient world to life. Dig deep into the text with the helpful study tools as you discover the meaning and message of God's Word to you today. I hope you take advantage of this beautiful and well-thought-out study edition of the Bible. Search for Holy Land Illustrated Bible now at csbible.com. Before we hear from our guest in a moment, we're going to hear a song from Michael and also a couple of listener comments. Uh, Michael, you've got one in front of you. This is from Ed. Listening to this, uh, and Michael Card was teaching about how a Jewish person thinks in verbs or action, and that shed light on the man who asked, what must I do to be saved? And uh, Ed... I never thought of that. That's a really yeah. cool idea. So you're going to hear that again. Yeah, that came from our conversation about uh, words have meaning. You're teaching on Hesed. Yeah, what must I do? We think in nouns, and uh, and and as I understand it, as I've read it in several places, Hebrew is a verbal language. It's based on verbs. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Ed. Yeah. Appreciate that. Here's a song request from Blair. Uh, asking for in stillness and simplicity. Is there a story behind the song? You know, that song was written 20 or 30 years ago, so if there's a story... <laughs> it's been long lost, huh? <laughs> it, It's been lost to time. I could make something up if you want me to, but... Sure, that'd be fun to hear you make something up right now, Mike. <laughs> okay, well, regardless, we will enjoy, as Mike comes to sing now, In Stillness and Simplicity. In stillness and simplicity In the silence of the heart I see the mystery of eternity in stillness and simplicity in stillness and simplicity i hear the spirit's silent plea that you O lord are close to me in stillness and So 
seek the one who dwells in you. The kingdom that's within is true. That innermost reality, in stillness and simplicity. Beautiful. Thank you, Michael. So glad we can share your music here on this podcast. Hey, our old buddy Ayanda Kamalo is on the telephone. He's got a new chapter in his life. So shall we find out about it now? Yeah, let's check in with Ayanda. How you doing, Ayanda? Michael and Wayne. Gentlemen, it's such a privilege and honor. Huh. It's kind of hard to keep up with you, but there's some <laughs> new things going on in your life that we're very excited about to hear, and we want you to tell us all about it. I understand now that you're... Uh, you're teaching the University of Michigan to play rugby, is that right? <laughs> I'm trying to teach the whole of Michigan to play rugby. <laughs> you, have to, you have to tell them what it is first. <laughs> Ayanda, you have uh, taken a new position. Tell us, uh, tell us about what God's doing in your life. So this has been a journey of about five years. I'm a good friend um, of ours, um, Chris Brooks, um, he, he, him and I have been going back and forth for about five years, and he's always wanted me to move to Detroit. And and I was like, what good comes out of Michigan? Um, <laughs> hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> That's my home state. That's my home state you're talking about now. <laughs> no, but, but the Lord, Lord has, has redeemed all things. So, <laughs> so it, it was it's a conversation for the past five years. That he answered the call to move to another church just north of Detroit. Uh, Troy, Michigan. Um, and for the past two years, we've been going back and forth, just praying and, and having conversations. And earlier this year, uh, they invited me out again for once uh, a specific role in the music ministry to head up there, one of their campuses. Um, and I just, and I was excited. I mean, they have a full orchestra, full choir. Wow five-piece contemporary team as well. Um, and it was just like working with this whole ministry. But lo and behold, like two weeks later, they reached back out and said, no, we're, we looked, we're doing an internal hire, um, but we would love you to consider another position. And at that point, I was like, I just want to do ministry every Sunday, you know? But they were like, this, this role is called Central um, Worship Arts Pastor. And you would help shape um, the, the 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 worship culture of the whole church, mentor and disciple all fifteen worship directors and, and pastors, wow. um, and just help write songs within the church for the church, and not necessarily for radio or recording, but just where the church is in the season mm-hmm. and in every sermon series. So after just prayer, talking to family. Um, I went back and I saw the bigger picture of what God was trying to do. It wasn't just about, you know, making music and leading through music, but he he wanted me to go deeper uh, with all the training I've I've had as to how what does it look like to shepherd a a a, a ministry and it, it is a large ministry, fifteen campuses, uh, fifteen um, directors in a sense, pastors, whatever title we now throw at people who lead ministries and music. Um, and to mentor, disciple them, pour into them, and then help shape the overall vision and mission of the music ministry, worship arts ministry at Woodside Bible Church. 
So you're not just leading the worship time, you're overseeing uh, everyone who's involved with the whole worship life of the church? Yeah. Just pouring into them. Yeah. So I, I, I lead twice um, a month at a, uh, the ho- my home campus in the sense of I have to pour into one campus, but I, I do kind of travel a bit just to ensure that the leaders are healthy, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, um, and artistically, they're, they're, they're getting all the resources that they need to, to go on and fulfill the gifts and calling that God's place of their lives in worship arts and serving the church. Let me, let me ask you this, Ayanda. I've, just yesterday, I had a long discussion with a good friend of mine who is uh, doing something similar in a, in a big church here in uh, Franklin, Nashville area. And a lot of what he was doing was sort of helping people unlearn, like the, the, the focus on, uh, over-focus on the, the sort of the celebrity of the, the, whoever the guest singer is or the, the, the choir looked upon themselves as performers. When are we going to perform? Hmm. And he was involved in, in basically kind of taking that apart and teaching them what biblical worship is, is really all about. It sounds to me like you're doing the same sort of thing. Yeah, it's, and, and, and part of the, the church's leadership is we're not trying to create superstars and stage stars. Is how do we, mm. like leading and facilitating congregational worship without any dis- distractions. That's the heart. Mm. That's one of the, the primary principles of the whole ministry. So mm-hmm. in a sense, we start the song and we get out the way mm. and, and, mm. and help facilitate so the church through the congregational expression of, of worship arts can do it. And it's, it's not centered around one person. The ministry got built around one person. It's not any person's face or name to it. It's not even the senior pastor's name to it. Um, Jesus and Jesus alone. Um, so it's, it, it will take some unlearning. It will also take new learning for all of us. Um, I'm not the be-all and end-all of, of the music ministry within the church, so I will grow at the same time, and I'll, I'll learn certain things as well. Mm. But it's to challenge um, and deconstruct some of the things that people are walking around with, their perceptions of what worship yeah. is um, yeah. and what is biblical worship. Yeah. Well, Ayanda, I'm just so impressed by how God has moved you in this position because this is what you've been voicing for a long time now. This is what God has placed on your heart as your vision for what needs to happen in the church. Uh, we, we've had several conversations about what yep. is worship. Uh, we've, mm-hmm. we've talked about multiculturalism in the church and the importance yep. of that. So these things are all coming together, it sounds like, for you right now. Yeah, and it is. It's a multi-generational church. It is also multicultural. It, um, each campus is unique in a sense that it, they span across rural, urban, and suburban. Mm-hmm. So from downtown Detroit to through the north and the country, rural side of, of Michigan to some suburban um, spaces. Um, and every, and those, just, just those demographics are unique in their own ways. And then you have the different ages and age brackets that have their own nuances so in, in a lot of ways, the multiculturalism that's already at play in all of that. Um, and then what does that look like for us as a, as a local global church? There's no one way, but there's God's way when we mm-hmm. worship Him. 
Mike, I'm always impressed with how God calls and prepares people for that calling. We've got a, a living example right in front of us here, don't we? Yeah, I think there comes that point in your life when all the pieces of the puzzle sort of of your life come together. And it sounds like, Ayanda, that's what uh, this new position is doing for you. It's, it is. In a lot of ways, it's also keeping me on my knees every morning. <laughs> I'm just like, good, Lord, good. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> this, this, if I do this on my own, this is going to fall apart and I can't do it at all. You have to take the lead. You have to, like how Solomon's response to, to the Lord, when the Lord placed a leadership mantle over him to lead Israel. And he was like, like, Lord, now nah, I'm asking for wisdom. I don't need talent. I don't need wealth. I just need your wisdom to lead your people the way you want them to be led. And that's my daily mm-hmm. desire every morning is, Lord, how, do, how can I better serve your people? How can I better serve the church leadership to fulfill what God's called them to, to fulfill the mandate that you've given the senior pastor and the elders for this part of the body, and that I don't get in the way? I just support yeah. what you're trying to do, and I use the gifts and skills that you've graced and, and gifted me with, the, the privilege with that, to better serve your people. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I've always thought the secret of ministry is, Lord, help me not mess up what you're already doing. <laughs> <laughs> you've done a fine job, Mike. <laughs> Thank you, Wade. Thank you, Wade. <laughs> but but I, I agree with you, Mike. It's it's so easy for us to make ministry or whatever is going on about us. I mean, that's yep. innate sin nature in us. You know, we yep. we thought, well, God, you know, we can play God, small g. And yep. I was like, okay, you do your thing, and then you watch what happens. And I think yeah. it's just so critical in ministry for us to get out the way. As yes. soon as God places us in whatever position, no matter how big or small the platform is, mm-hmm. whether we're serving one person or 10,000 people, just get out the way. Yeah. As soon as yeah. God places you there to say, Lord, just pull me out the way that you take center stage. You take the, not just center stage, you take the whole stage. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay, now be honest. Um, what's a challenge you're facing in this new position you have, and how can we pray for you, Ayanda? Um, I think it's, it's serving people well. I think everyone brings, with such a big body, um, is everyone has different upbringings, different perspectives, different views, different opinions. And to be able to listen well, to listen and then um, shepherd well. Because it's so, it's especially in leadership, it's so easy to say, hey, this is a vision, just run with it. And people are just, people have things to say, and sometimes God is speaking through those people. Mm-hmm. From the person you don't expect, from the facilities guy um, who's cleaning the windows and is never seen, and people don't respect the role that he plays even within ministry, within the church to the senior pastor and everyone in between. I need need to be able to listen well. Yeah. And then serve yeah, it, well after listening. Yeah, Ayanda, uh, one of one of the people that we had on the show uh, years ago was William Lane and Bill used to say the best way to show someone you love them is to listen to them, mm-hmm. not to do not to do things for them. Mm-hmm. And since that time 
since that time, I've spent a lot of time in Israel, and there's a, a friend who's a rabbi there, and, and he has a trick question he likes to ask Christians. He'll say, well, what's the first commandment? And we say, well, that's easy. Have no other gods before me. And he'll say, nope. The first commandment is listen. <laughs> hear, hear Israel. Listen. Shema Israel. The Lord is one. So the first commandment really is to listen. So I think you're onto something there. I'm just try. <laughs> it's one of those, man. We just day by day trying to to follow the Lord uh, faithfully, obediently, um, and and we all know that it, it's hard. Every day we we will make mistakes, but just true repentance before the Lord, true humility that. I desire every day. Just the three fundamental things is one, just stay rooted in my relationship with the Lord and go deeper. The second yes. thing is to be humble. And the third thing is stay obedient um, um, to His will. Mm, good, good. Hey, just so we're clear, we're talking about Woodside Bible Church. Now, you mentioned all the campuses. Are they all the same name? Yeah. So there's 15 campuses okay. at uh, di- mm. different locations. Okay, yeah. but it's centered in wow. Troy, Michigan, and then radiates yeah. out from there. So I yeah. I want our listeners to know, if, boy, if you're ever if you live in that area and looking for a church, or if you're ever yeah. in that area and looking for worship time, uh, check out Woodside Bible Church. Hey, yeah. uh, you know Michael's a songwriter, and yeah. Mike, Michael told me recently he wrote he's written 450 songs, <laughs> which, <laughs> which boggles the mind. Uh, and we've recorded many of them here in the studio and share them on the podcast. So I'm uh, I'm wondering if you have a song you would like to request and why you're requesting a particular song. Yeah, so this one song, that's actually the first song that I ever heard from, from Michael. Um, but I didn't hear you sing it. I heard um, Amy yeah. Grant sing it. Um, El Shaddai. I think we all know where this is going. <laughs> 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 I, I, I like your version better. But yeah, I, I, I bet you. I bet you say thank that you. all the interviewers. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I would like to come back. <laughs> Whether you really mean that or not, I appreciate you saying it anyway. <laughs> the, just, just the the the, the lyric. Um, it's a declaration of who he is. There's a lot of the lot of mm. times, and and it's it's all it's it's still good. We sing songs about we, us, and I. Mm. Yeah. But many times, yes. then and today, Israel was just declaring who God is. Yeah. God was, God is, and who He, he um, just presence. God is ever present. Even then, two thousand years ago, He was mm. still holy, um, righteous. You know. And still to this day, 2021, with all the craziness that's going on in the world, the same God then is the same today. And that song, for me, has resonated in that way. It's declared who God is. Mm. You know, one of the lines, age to age, is still the same. You know, and, and Christ coming yeah. and laying down his life. I mean, what more? What more? <laughs> Well, Ayanda, we sure appreciate you spending some time with us and uh, letting us catch up with where you are, and uh, you're a good friend and a good brother, and it's just great to hear your voice. Man, I, I miss, the, miss you guys, and at some point, Michael, you need to come up to Michigan with the guys. <laughs> there you go. you got a, a road trip in mind, huh? <laughs> See? 
All right. You know, that's that's a long ways up there. <laughs> You're welcome to come down here to Franklin anytime you want. <laughs> All right. Ayanda Kumalo, thank you, brother. And the song you requested, of course, El Shaddai. Here's Michael. since I heard that. I'm thankful that Ayanda asked for that song today, El Shaddai Mm. from Michael Card. So thank you for singing that, Michael, and thank you for this conversation we've had today, not only with Ayanda, but the teaching from uh, Sandy Cove and the life of Jesus. It's wonderful to have all these different pieces of the puzzle all come together uh, around a theme, and we can thank uh, Joe Carlson, our producer, Mm -hmm. for 
uh, organizing things the the way he does. He yeah. does a great job of that. Yeah, and we are going to send Joe off on a vacation now at the conclusion of this program, and he's taking that Holy Land Illustrated Bible with him, don't forget. So uh, we're going to have to hold him accountable and come back and uh, maybe join us and talk about it. I don't know. Think think we can get him in the studio sometime? He's he's always reluctant to do that. So I think we need to do a, an entire show themed around Joe Carlson and, you know, <laughs> Just how his mind works and who he is and that yeah. sort of thing. Now he'll worry about that his whole vacation. So way to go, <laughs> Michael. <laughs> Seriously, thank you, Mike. And thank you, Joe, for uh, putting these programs together. I, I, I love you, brothers. And it's good to be together, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Same, same here. It's always good to spend time with y'all looking at the gospel and talking to these wonderful guests that we have. So God bless you guys. We're so glad you joined us for this session. It's our prayer that the music and conversation was used by God to grow your faith and enrich your understanding of the Christian life. Please share your reactions to this hour. Post a comment on the Michael Carb Music Facebook page. Write a review on Apple Podcasts or share the link. And you can always send your reactions, questions, or song requests via email to inthestudio at michaelcard.com. We look forward to reading your comments. You can learn about Michael's books, his music, and our podcast guest details at michaelcard.com and share what you've discovered on your favorite social media platform. We're glad for the partnership with our sponsors of the Christian Standard Bible. Visit csbible.com to learn more about the great Bible editions that can help you get serious with God's Word. This month, we're featuring the Holy Land Illustrated Bible. Immerse yourself in the world at the time the scripture was written. There's hundreds of pictures, helpful charts and articles and illustrations about the situation in Bible times that will bring the scripture to life. Search for Holy Land Illustrated Bible. When you order, use the promotion code in the studio typed with no spaces and you'll receive your 30% discount on CSB purchases through Lifeway. The Christian Standard Bible at csbible.com. And now for all of us on the team, Ron Davis, Susan Sermon, Lance Mansfield, and our producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for sitting in on this session in the studio with Michael Card.